Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome back to Koshi. Look, I really enjoyed that conversation with Major Kendall Dunn, a pilot for the Hurricane Hunters. And uh, I'm really excited about the opportunity to go fly with them. I probably will do that before the season's out. And uh, Josh Morgan, who was on the show yesterday, he also plans to fly with them as well. Hey, without any further ado, let's get straight to my friend Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times Picayune. There's a lot to talk about. At the beginning of the show, I talked, brought Kyle in. Kyle has gotten word that he's going to be going with. The, with the the team to Jacksonville, uh, an important moment because you know why would you let somebody else play the music for the Saints when you got your guy? And so Jeff's going to be there, you know, creating that home field advantage. But big opportunity for the Saints, and it's so interesting. I might add, Jeff, the selection process, how they chose Jacksonville is so interesting to me, and the city of Jacksonville hates you for it, don't they? <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be getting the key to the city anytime soon, uh, unfortunately. But no, it's it's just a testament to the Saints' attention to detail, how they turn over every stone. And when this unfortunate situation kind of dictated itself and the Saints had to find uh, kind of a neutral site home for game one, uh, a lot of thought and consideration went in to the selection of Jacksonville. And ultimately what it came down to was just the Saints trying to establish as much of a home field advantage as they could because they were losing a key home game uh, against a team that could have NFC playoff implications down the road. I know it's only game one. we got a full season to play. But you just have to pay attention to those things. And the Saints certainly did. And uh, the whole point, Ricky, was just trying to get get a game that as many Saints fans could get to as possible considering these circumstances and also uh, try and establish a place that might be difficult for Packers fans to get to because they have an incredible following, uh, one of the largest fan bases in the country. And so the Saints kind of landed on Jacksonville, and uh, I think it's going to be a great environment there on Sunday afternoon in Jacksonville. Well, you got the scoop on that story. You wrote the story with one of your brethren right there at uh, NOLA.com while you were hung up in traffic on I-10, and you wrote that story. So congratulations to you. Hey, man, there's a lot to talk about. But before we go any further, I noticed that you're at your house. You've got Wi-Fi, and you've got power. But still, hundreds of thousands of people in that region don't have power. Give me the latest from your perspective. Yeah, well, let me just say first, uh, as you know, I mean, I I spent – a week in Bay St. Louis, we evacuated there. I eventually made our way to Bay St. Louis. We started out along 30A and had a condo over there and then ended up renting an Airbnb in Bay St. Louis. So the people of Bay St. Louis could not have been nicer. It felt like half the town were New Orleanians uh, evacuated from Ida. A lot of friends I saw over there. It was amazing. It felt like a little mini New Orleans. But what a great place to spend your time. It's close to New Orleans. We could get in, check on the house get back home, and we finally got power back uh, late on Tuesday night, which was about a day later than we anticipated, but really most of my neighbors all had it. It was just my little block that didn't have power, and I was surprised when I got in the house, Ricky, that Wi-Fi was working. That's a big issue in the city, and so I, I feel blessed to be able to come back. Very very little storm damage here in my uptown area, uh, a lot of down tree lines and things like that, tree limbs, 
But uh, I, I think it's been pretty amazing. I know energy is getting a lot of grief uh, for the power restoration, but this was a massive, massive crisis and extensive damage. I think they said on the news last night, there's more power lines and poles down during this storm than there were the last three hurricanes combined, including Katrina. So that kind of gives uh, a little bit of uh, indication of just how massive this crisis is. It's tough, man. And, you know, I think I've watched I've watched the city closely. And I think for the most part, I mean, you can always find criticism. But I, I think the mayor's taken kind of a no-nonsense approach. You know, the energy's done the best they can. I mean, you've, you've got all you got. What is interesting is they had these major transmission lines that fed an entire region coming in from one area. And I, I bet that they this will be an opportunity for them. But surely that's how they're getting the power back up is backfeeding and doing all kinds of interesting stuff at substations to get power in from multiple uh, locations at one time. And slowly but surely the power is coming back on. But it was a it's a devastating situation. It's hard for you think about traffic lights. You think about availability of of of, of gas. I mean, I met over here by my house. On Pops Ferry Road, I met a guy from Homa that had to drive all the way here in order to find non-ethanol fuel. I mean, wow. the number of uh, New Orleanians and people from Southern Louisiana that have been in coastal Mississippi, you know, getting provisions has been it's been unbelievable. And you know what it's like to try to drive that that drive the into New Orleans. Dude, that's hard. That's 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 like it was around here after Hurricane Katrina, but slowly but surely life is coming back. And what's your over your overall assessment of things? Well, I was amazed. I you know before I left, I'm sorry. When I came back the other day, cleaned out my fridge, did a house check. Uh, I put out a, a garbage uh, bin for waste removal, thinking that wasn't going to get removed for weeks and I got back and it had already been emptied. So we did have trash pickup. I know these little small steps uh, probably sound, uh, you know, benign to people uh, that aren't in the middle of this kind of disaster. When you're in the middle of it, I mean, something like that is huge towards a uh, step towards recovery. And I feel like, I mean, the grocery stores are open in my neighborhood. Gas stations are fine. There's no lines. So I think we're getting back there. We still don't have mail delivery. That's that's another step. I think it probably has more to do with the actual mail carriers getting back in their homes uh, than anything else. But I know during Katrina, you were able to go in and pick up your mail. So I'm sure that that probably is a service that I'm going to have to take advantage of until we get mail delivery back. So it's these incremental things that happen in a, a disaster like this. They, they kind of have a cascading effect on your everyday life. Well, Jeff, what's, what, let's, we'll switch gears to the Saints. And what's interesting about uh, it, it's sort of this this concept is embedded in the decision to select J Jacksonville. But what I want to get to is what they – this team is a really smart team, really smart team. They, they are data-driven. They are experience-driven. They learned a lot in that year of Katrina about what they don't want to do and what they want to do. They understand what disruption is. They, in the midst of this, in the midst of the aftermath of Hurricane Ida, they were having to get to the 53-man squad. I mean, they, they, had, they had to move the whole team to Dallas. That, you know, I mean, their whole lives have been up, uprooted, but they haven't missed a lick given all the challenges that are on them. They've done a darn good job of managing the situation, haven't they? Uh, there's no doubt. Well, they're, they're experienced crisis managers. I mean, they've been through this situation so many times over the last couple of decades. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, Ricky, I think Sean Payton likes this kind of stuff. I mean, he obviously doesn't want a, a Category 5 hurricane up in uh, the town he's in, but... 
he responds well and embraces adversity. And that's certainly what the Saints have faced here by having to uproot their lives, take their families over to Dallas, kind of find a new practice site, having to play a big home opener on the road, basically, against a, a top opponent. All these things he will use as motivational fuel for his team. Uh, the Saints are four-point underdogs in this game, and I actually think that's a great situation for them to be in. I think they'll use that uh, underdog role to their advantage, and I really like their chances in this game. I mean, Sean Payton is a master at this kind of situation of motivating his team, kind of an us-against-the-world mentality. I think the Saints are going to be tough on Sunday. Well, you said the big move you still expected to see was in defensive backs. Now, we've talked about it. You said that, you know, you, you look at the core group that they have now, they've exceeded expectations, they've been playing well. When you combine that with the play of the rest of the defense, uh, man, they got a chance to really, really do well, unless they have to call on, um, on the, the bench strength, which is not as strong as it was last year. But you said they're going to get more defensive backs. They've done a series of moves, including – releasing Latavius Murray. So let's talk about those changes. Well, it was all uh, designed to bolster their defensive backfield. We know that cornerback was a top priority. You and I have talked about it a number of times on the program. I knew they were going to try and make a trade for a corner, and lo and behold, they finally pulled it off. Got Bradley Roby from the Houston Texans. We still don't know the compensation uh, that's going back to Houston in that deal, but Bradley Roby is a veteran player. He's a starting man-to-man uh, -man cover corner, exactly what the Saints – system calls for. Uh, he's a guy that I thought back in 2014, uh, I thought the Saints should have drafted him. I remember mocking him in my mock drafts to the Saints, and they ended up trading up that year at the bottom of the first round and taking Brandon Cooks instead of Bradley Roby when they desperately needed defensive help. And then if Saints fans will remember this, unfortunately, in the second round, they drafted Stanley Jean Baptiste, a cornerback, out of Nebraska, and he was the ultimate bust. And uh, they that, that pick lived in infamy for a while among Saints fans. That was back in the days when the Saints really were lo losing their way with personnel decisions. 2014, they bring in Jeff Ireland. We see how things have changed in the draft. But Bradley Roby addresses a critical need. I think he's going to start. Now, he's got a one-game suspension to start the season, so he won't be available against Houston. I'm sorry, against Green Bay. They'll be back in week two. So let's do this. We'll talk about the other move they made as far as defensive back is concerned. And uh, and then, you know, as you've repeatedly written, uh, Ireland's fingerprints are all over the place. Are we lucky to have that guy? When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times Picayune. Also, listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. 
Welcome back to the final segment of Coach View with my friend Jeff Duncan from TimesPicayune and NOLA.com. Uh, what a great friend he is to coach you. Hey, listen, there's a lot to talk about. So let's finish the conversation about defensive backs, and then I have an observation about Jameis Winston. But first, what's the other move they made at defensive back? Well, they had a number of veterans in for workouts over in Dallas and ended up signing Desmond Trufant, a veteran corner, a guy who was a former first-round draft pick. Saints fans will remember him. He was on the arch-rival Falcons for a number of years. was a very good player, a Pro Bowl caliber player. Ended up playing, I think, after that in uh, Seattle. And uh, he was signed after that workout. And he's dropped off. There's no doubt about it. But he's still a veteran, savvy player. And, and let's get this straight, Ricky. They don't need a number one corner. That's going to be Marshawn Lattimore, who looks like he's not going to face any kind of discipline early in the year from the league. That's going to come at some point, but it's not going to happen at least anytime soon. So they've got their shutdown guy. They need just another corner opposite him. And right now they've got two good candidates in, in Trufant and Bradley Roby when he comes off suspension in week two. And then, of course, Ken Crawley's had a really good camp, but certainly his track record doesn't lend a lot of confidence. But I like what they've done this week to bolster a position that Sean Payton just a few weeks ago said was a must for this team to address. Well, you, you wrote the book on Peyton and Breeze. We talk about that just about every time we're together. I mean, the definitive book on them. And you say you've got to have a Ph.D. in offense to be successful. Um, we've talked about it some, but we haven't really had the, the opportunity to talk about it on the air now about about um, Jameis Winston being the man. Um, but you know what? If you, I bet, and I want you, your take on this. I bet Breeze, excuse me, I bet Coach Peyton is licking his chops. Because with the with the with the uh, with the weapons that they have at their disposal, and Jameis Winston's arm, if Jameis Winston plays well and doesn't make big mistakes, he's just opened up their playbook, hasn't he? Yeah, they're going to go deep. We saw that in the preseason game against Jacksonville, where the arm strength of Jameis Winston led to two big plays down the field. And even if they don't connect on those, it's just the threat of it that opens up the defensive side of the field for the Saints. I think they're going to try and run the ball on Green Bay. The strength of this team is still that strong offensive line and Alvin Kamara. Uh, I, I think it's going to be difficult, quite frankly, for them to move the ball through the air against Green Bay. Jair Alexander, their lockdown corner, is one of the best in the league. Uh, I'm sure they're going to put him on Marquez Callaway. It's going to be a great matchup. And then I think someone else is going to have to step up for the Saints. And it's going to be interesting to see. I, I really believe this will be a low-scoring game uh, with both teams kind of in the 20s. Uh, I'll be shocked if it's a shootout. But I do think the Saints are in good position in this game. And I think Jameis Winston, like you said, Ricky, he doesn't have to be a superstar. This team's good, very good on defense. They've got a good running game. They've got good special teams. He just has to not make those critical errors. Don't take sacks. Don't hold the ball too long. Keep them in good down-and-distance scenarios. And they can win a lot of football games uh, riding the rest of this team. He doesn't have to be the savior. So we haven't talked about this either. What's the word on Taysom Hill? How did he take the news? And what's the latest on his Swiss Army knife role? Well, we haven't talked to him. So I'm sure, though, he was disappointed. He's got a lot of pride. And this was a great opportunity for him. Uh, but he's going to be back in that same role. I'm sure he's going to have a big role on Sunday. Uh, as that kind of hybrid uh, Swiss Army knife gadget player on offense. And I think he's going to be a big factor in their running game. We know uh, how he can come in in short yardage, especially, and run that kind of wildcat quarterback role. Uh, I, I just think the Saints 
a little bit of a sleeping giant right now. I, I think a lot of people have discounted them because of the retirement of Breeze, because of the offseason attrition. But what I saw in camp, especially on defense, has really given me a lot of confidence this team can, can make a playoff run as long as the quarterback play is just adequate. And I think Jameis Winston has heard the message loud and clear. He doesn't – he just needs to be a game manager here, make the key plays, uh, and this is going to be a great gauge game for them. Right off the bat, a 13-3 and team from a year ago with the reigning NFL MVP. But we're going to find out where the Saints are really quickly. Okay, so back to Taysom Hill. One more question. Uh, one of the things that you noted was that his training in the offseason and then coming into camp was all about becoming the starter quarterback so he slimmed down a lot of his focus was on the mechanics of passing and all the stuff that he did to get ready to do that the swiss the army and i roll sort of sort of different so is he trying to bulk up in this very short period of time and by the way i was curious about this that since he had slimmed down some was he faster because he's already fast as heck is he faster what's what's your read on that well uh, peyton was asked about that this week and he said they're going to be mindful of him uh, being at that lighter weight, which means he probably won't have quite the workload offensively that he did in the past. I'm not sure how much he can gain during a season. Usually you end up losing weight during a season. Uh, but I don't think it's a huge a huge issue. I mean, he, he's down, I think he said down 10, 15 pounds. Uh, you know, he, he can. he's still bigger than most quarterbacks. He's still built like a linebacker. So I don't think it'll be that big of an issue. I think the bigger concern for me is going to be as he addressed some of those ball security issues that hurt, hurt him last year. It was a little bit of an outlier. He'd never had them before, uh, but certainly that has to be something he avoids this year because this team's margin for error, Rick, we've talked about it. It's not as big as it was in the past. They can't afford turnovers, and that's something we're going to watch with Winston Hill. That's been an issue in the past. Taysom has to not be a fumbler. He will be taken out of the game if he starts fumbling the ball. Okay. It's been great to catch up with you. Um, I'm so happy that you have your power back on in New Orleans and that you're on, in the recovery mode. Uh, safe travels to Jacksonville. Represent us well there. Look forward to hearing more from you, and we'll see you next week, my friend. Thank you, Ricky. We'll talk next week, probably after a big Saints win. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Uh, who dat, who dat. We'll see you Monday. Have a great weekend. Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.